How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents in our industry hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, today is the episode for State of the Market 56. I'm coming to you today, it's September 9th, and I am doing this live from Sacramento, California. As I talked about in my last State of the Market, I have been traveling throughout the US, and we had a bit of a pit stop. My daughter broke her ankle while we were at Mount Rushmore about a week ago, and so we, instead of continuing our journey, we decided to head straight west to our house out in California so she could recover for a couple of weeks. So that way we could get back on the road and finish our RV trip. As I'm going around visiting different communities, visiting different real estate agents, different listeners, different people we've had on the show and trying to bring to you lots of news that's out there in the real estate world. So this first week of September, we had a lot of kind of wild news. Some of it was directly contradictory to what I thought was going to happen. Uh, when I was talking to you guys just a week ago. So for you guys that are listening to this, if you're watching it on YouTube, I'm actually gonna share my screen, show you guys some of the articles again, uh, like I had done once before. But don't worry, if you guys are just listening to your podcast, you're still gonna have plenty of great stuff going on on there. And it's okay if you don't see the articles. There's no charts or anything fancy that I'm gonna show you guys today. So right now, as I pull up my screen, I'm gonna go and share it. So we get the first article with you guys, and here it is. So. The, this is on Inman. It says, FHA homeowners have the most to lose during the economic upheaval. This came out just a few days ago. But it says, three chief economists share how FHA homeowners have been disproportionately impacted by 2020 coronavirus induced unemployment boom and what it means for next year's market. So three chief economists share how FHA homeowners have been disproportionately impacted. The pandemic and the resulting economic upheaval have reignited fears that a 2000-esque housing market crash. Although common consensus says the average homeowner won't face the great recession, you know, the people that are, that are FHA buyers, they have a lot more to lose. Now, a couple of different things that are making them have more to lose right now is they tend to have less equity in their houses. So if they have to make a change, if they have to sell the house, they don't quite have the equity protection. Also, for people that are going into forbearance right now, they do five or six months of forbearance. If they were trying to sell their house afterward, that those forbearance payments are really going to be the whole amount of equity. So when they go to sell their house, they may not have any equity at all. And here's what it says. It says, when you look at the forbearance ratio for FHA, we can tell they're actually significantly higher than conventional or those backed by Fannie and Freddie. In fact, depending on which data source you're getting, the rate of forbearance for FHA loan is between 10 and 12%. It's much higher than the 4 to 5% of loans backed by Fannie Mae and Freddie. So that's a big, there's a lot of different factors that are affecting the FHA buyers out there, but it's just something to be aware of as we're trying to figure out where the opportunities are, who needs the most help, and who's going to be the most willing and able and ready to buy a new house or sell a new house and what's going to be available and how that might affect the lending market as we get a little further. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend, Pat Hyben. Now, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49 
on there. I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we've built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, we've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. You find that you go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the six steps for seven figures book. And really, there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down to like 90 bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices because we know right now is the time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like, like there's a lot of different courses you want, Maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay to get access to every course we've ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. Let's jump to another Inman article. This next one says the 2020 market is now outperforming 2019. Now this is crazy, right? But I guess everybody we've been talking to says it's really hard to get properties right now, driving prices way up. So I'm really interested to hear what they're talking about when they say the 2020 housing market is outperforming 2019. It says the National Association of Realtors Chief Economist, Lawrence Yoon, said he believes home sales will be slightly ahead of 2019 and then up even more in 2021, rising 8% year over year. So the, on Tuesday, they projected that 2020 total home sales will squeak past 2019 numbers. And that was in a, you know, convert, uh, just a daily conversation he had. In mid-March, a, mar- a massive scare hit the market. Safety concerns over the virus escalated. And you recalled worries rose over everything from touching doorknobs to economic concerns about the accompanying slump. But now here we are on the first day of September. People are much more relaxed. Market activity is doing better now than it was a year ago in September. And people say last year was a good good year. So they're saying 2020, when all is said and done, they're going to have more sales in 2020 than they had in 2019. That's really interesting to me because even though there's less inventory on the market, maybe people now are more eager than ever to buy houses. And we all know that interest rates have been really, really low. So interesting article to think that 2020 could actually have more sales than 2019 by the end of the year. We've still got a few months left to see if that's going to hit. But right now, as the article says, market momentum is very solid. All right, here's a kind of a new interesting factor that I saw in there. And it says AdWorks now allows you to stream your next listing on Hulu. The forefather of web advertising for real estate continues to evolve with enterprise solutions, including a quick, affordable way to run popular ads on streaming media services. Now, this article is on Inman, you know, and it's probably just a bit of a, it's not really an ad, but a pseudo ad to talk about this new thing that's out there. But the reason I wanted to talk about this, I think it's really, really interesting that people could now, you know, there's so many virtual tours happening right now. People are doing a lot of video to sell their houses as they're trying to figure out how to market them better. And it's really interesting to me that you could be, and my kids see so many YouTube ads, right? So imagine watching a movie on Hulu and then you see an ad come up that's a virtual tour for a house for sale, you know, in your neighborhood, in your area. I mean, they have the ability 
on on there to really target you know the same thing as houses that people are looking at or where they are when they're watching tv or where they've been in other places on the web so really interesting to see that if you are streaming stuff in you you know next time you see one of those things you say you heard it here first you're gonna start to see virtual tours come through while you're watching tv at home even when you're streaming all right next article on inman says remote work trend could create two million new buyers now this was from zillow a study by the Seattle-based company found that approximately 2 million renters could afford monthly payments on a typical starter home in the U.S., but not in their current metro. So what are they really saying there? It says, a study by Zillow found that 2 million renters could afford monthly payments on a typical starter home, but not in their current city. So nearly 2 million current renters could potentially become homeowners now with the opportunity to move to a more affordable area by working remotely. That's something that we've talked about, that the trend of how many people are moving out of San Francisco, right? So maybe last week or the week before in our state of the market, we talked about that San Francisco has more houses for sale right now than they had a year ago. You know, San Francisco and New York are two major metropolitan cities where inventory is actually going up. People are trying to sell their houses and more people are moving out than moving in. So this is the one example of that, right? So it's saying there are people that right now are living in the city. They can't afford to buy a house in the city. They're just paying rent there. But the reason they've been living in the city is so they can make it to work. But now if people are able to actually work from home, you know, they could work from farther away. They could move 50 miles away, 100 miles away, and now they will be able to. So they say that is actually going to be a big, big opportunity. So remote work trend could create 2 million new buyers. So you want to be targeting first-time home buyers and first-time home buyers just outside a metro area and probably first-time home buyers outside a metro area that have been working in one of those companies that used to require people working there and that can now work remotely. So I could see a lot of different tech companies retargeting people that were working in tech companies, again, just outside the city limits, those first-time home buyers. We've had a lot of people that we interviewed on the Real Estate Rockstars podcast too that talked about targeting real, you know, targeting first-time home buyers. Uh, Kimberly Meserve was one of the ones, 30 under 30 last week, that she's got some great ideas for that. Uh, maybe we'll get her on here again to talk about how you guys might be able to do this. All right, as I continue to talk about kind of the San Francisco trend, this is one of the things I put on some of the news pieces I put on my Instagram. For you guys that follow me on Instagram, you see that every couple of days I'm always posting kind of an article or something to watch and pay attention to. And as this article starts to load up, the, the highlight of it says Pinterest terminates their San Francisco office lease. And I think they paid something like $89 million to cancel a lease. And this was for a building that was under construction. Yeah, so that's the headline. Pinterest pays $89.5 million to terminate a San Francisco office lease. Now, it's not all bad news. It said they also have another office uh, that they're currently in, and this was for one that they were going to be moving into um, that was new construction getting ready to be finished, and now they're saying they are not going to be moving into that. So I think a lot of the things that we've talked about, they're realizing that they don't need as much office space because people are going to be wanting to work from home. And as we analyze, they say, as we analyze how our workplace will change in a post-COVID world, we're specifically rethinking where future employees could be based. A more distributed workforce will give us the opportunity to hire people from a wider range of backgrounds and experiences. So one of the spins that they did there in their answers, they said, hey, by us being able to not require everyone to work in an office, we're actually going to get a wider range of people that we could hire. I mean, maybe these companies are even thinking, hey, if they let people work from home, right now there's a big disparity between how much a programmer gets paid in the Bay Area compared to how much a programmer gets paid in Idaho. So maybe they're thinking now we're actually going to get better talent as we do this, as we start to spread out into those different areas. So really interesting article. 
All right, next article on Forbes. This is one that I have been following pretty closely. This is out in California. This article on Forbes says California extends their eviction moratorium amid rent crisis. Now, there's some other news now nationwide. And one of the next articles is going to come up is evictions have been, there's a moratorium now that says people, you can't evict people throughout the country until January 1st. There's some exclusions and some some things they have to do to not get evicted but they're doing that till the end of the year. And Governor Newsom in California, he just signed a bill banning evictions until February, 2021. So he's pushing it even further. Two months past the regular federal government deadline, it says extending temporary relief for millions of Californians amid the coronavirus pandemic as many Americans struggle to pay rent since the federal eviction moratorium and enhanced unemployment benefits ended in July. So one of the things they highlighted there is the federal eviction moratorium was, was over, but it hasn't really been over. That federal eviction moratorium, or the federal uh, foreclosure moratorium has continued to get extended. And as soon as that federal eviction moratorium was, ex- was extended, they extended it in California. So in California, I mean, I don't think the people have been able to do any evictions you know, since March out here. So under the new law, tenants who pay at least 25% of their rent from September through July 31st will be protected from ev- eviction and won't be liable for rent that was due from March through August until March, 2021. So it's saying if they make partial payments, if they pay 25% of what's owed, they can't be evicted until March, 2021. At that time, they're going to have to pay that back rent. But I have to imagine that a lot of the people at that point will go ahead and move out. Maybe some of them will pay that back rent, but every time if they're only paying 25% of their rent, it's going to be a lot harder for people to catch back up. So I would say in California, I look for March, 2021 for some big shifts in available rentals and people moving in and out, maybe some landlords deciding that maybe they want to sell their property instead. Our next article on Forbes is related to that one. And it, and it says eviction foreclosure moratorium on federally backed mortgage officially extended through the end of 2020. Now here's, there are some different articles that people had talked about, said they were going to extend the FHA one, but what they said is the federal housing finance authority and department of urban human housing and urban development announced today it will extend its foreclosure and eviction moratorium through the end of 2020. This announcement comes 19 days after Donald Trump signed an executive order saying that they were going to do something. So it's really interesting that as it comes out, the Center for Disease Control was the one that kind of announced the extension as they were going to do it. So no foreclosures or evictions extended through the end of the year. And that doesn't mean that all foreclosures have been done, but it does mean 75% of, of foreclosures are, you know, are, you cannot go through the foreclosure process. The foreclosures we've seen going through have been private loans, have been commercial loans, have been loans that weren't personally guaranteed, loans to companies and businesses and things like that. So there are still some foreclosures taking place, but they are now, but the ones that are federally backed, potentially ones that are owner occupied are going to be extending through the end of 2020. And they say the health crisis, they didn't want to have 28 million homeowners that are in default right now to have to move out in the middle of a you know pandemic with the opportunity they might get sick. So as that came from the CDC, there are a few extensions, there are a few uh, exemptions from that for the evictions. If somebody is going to not get evicted, they have to state, you know, under penalty of perjury, there's like a five question answer. They're going to have to say that they've tried to get government stimulus for help, that they've done everything they can, that they physically can't pay their rent, you know, that their income has been drastically depleted. So depending on where you are in your city, I would look at that because some judges and some courts will, you know, like what we've seen in Texas over the, you know, in the last six months is some courts would just say, hey, we're not going to do evictions no matter what. 
And other courts would say, well, we're only going to do them except for, you know, if they meet these exemption requirements and they actually give landlords and homeowners a chance to present that. So depending on your locality, there are exemptions from that deadline, but the, we'd be able to look back and see places like Bayer County where they could hardly do any evictions over the last six months, probably going to stay that way. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars listeners, I am sorry to interrupt again, but I want to do a quick commercial break, but this commercial break is different. This is stuff that I think you need, and this is me talking to you about some of the stuff that we had. So, you know, recently we had a lot of people reach out to us and say, hey, why don't you do a real estate mastermind? Why don't you do something where a lot of the listeners can get together and do some Zoom calls and ask each other questions and really just try to brainstorm and work together? I mean, there's a million masterminds out there. I don't know if this is something that we really want to do or not, or if we do, if we're going to limit it to maybe 20 or 30 people. We're just trying to figure out if any of you guys are interested. So if you have any interest at all in joining a mastermind with real estate agents around the country that are part of the Real Estate Rockstars Network, go to hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind and just join the wait list. It's just a really a formal, it's just an interest list for us to see, is this something we want to be doing? So that's, that's number one. Number two, you go to hybendigital.com forward slash foreclosures. We have a two day thing that we just finished recording. Now it's also inside Rebus University. And so you go to Rebus University and look at it. If you're already a member of Rebus, I'm, a lot of you guys are in the, you know, the monthly fee where you get access to everything. So we have a new course in there, 17 hours of content on how to buy foreclosures on how to find deals on how to you know do title you know go to auction also turn that into clients for your real estate agents how you can turn somebody that's in default behind on their mortgages into a client so go you know check out that course especially for you know you can you can buy the course now but again most of you guys already subscribed to all that i just wanted you to know there's another 17 hours of content great great content that i just recorded on there uh, that all of you guys have access to now at rebus university and then finally we have software that we talk about on and off it's called Padhawk, and in Padhawk, you can use that to go find leads. What you know, everyone is really, really busy right now, and we're so, so busy. People are selling, and they're saying there isn't enough product on the market, right? So they're, they're they can't find houses. Well, Padhawk will help you find houses before they're listed. It helps you find owners that should be listing their properties or people that might want to get there. I recorded a quick video. It's like six or seven minutes long for you guys to look at, real estate agent specific on what how you can use the software in order to do it. So let's go to hybendigital.com forward slash leads. Again, there's a video in there. I talk about how you can use the software to do it. Check it out. If it's something that you like, you may want to sign up for it. 99 bucks a month, but nationwide, any city out there, and it is a great way to find houses. So right now, people are saying there's lots of buyers, but we can't find enough houses. Well, maybe you can use this software. You'll find something that hasn't listed yet and make them an offer on their house. All right, back to your regularly scheduled program. Thank you for letting me interrupt you with that break. All right, another piece of news. This was a, a week ago on Bloomberg. New homes account for the biggest share of U.S. sales in 12 years. So it's just saying new homes accounted for more than 12% of the sales this year through July and the biggest since June of 2008. So, so 12% of all the sales that happened through July this year were new homes. I get curious to see why that might have happened this year because the housing market you know, was great. But I think maybe there was a better demand for new homes because people could tour new homes and move into new homes that no one else had moved had lived in before. So maybe as people were afraid of getting sick and the options that were out there, and maybe just, you know, from March, April, May, some people weren't quite sure if they were going to list their house in the market yet. 
vacant houses that no one has ever lived in were probably easier to market than they'd ever been before. So I'd be really curious at the end of the year to see if that's still the case, if it's still going to be their biggest share of the overall market in the last 12 years. Here's something really interesting and shows a lot of what we're talking about with people moving out of New York City. Bloomberg article, September 3rd by James Tarmy says the Hamptons hit an uncharted waters, $75,000 a month fall rentals. This is crazy. So there's a lot of people, you know, up in the, the northeast part of the country that'll go, you know, to the Hamptons for the summer and they go rent these giant houses and they just vacation there uh, before they you know, move back to the year. It said the summer season used to end on Labor Day weekend, but not anymore. In the not so distant past, Labor Day signaled the end of the Hampton summer season. It was called Tumbleweed Tuesday. You know, you could shoot a cannon down Main Street in Southampton and not hit anyone. This year is different. As families confront a school season in which kids might be cooped up in the house for remote learning and people with office jobs are still working from home, the Hamptons rental market is entering uncharted waters in the form of fall, winter, and even year-round rentals. The rental market post-Labor Day has been extremely active and prices are considerably higher than they were in the past. They got $75,000 a month in the fall at a time when it was usually empty. So that is an interesting trend. One of the trends that we've seen in our Airbnb in Northern California is it's a, it's, we have a giant house there, 16 beds, and it used to be only for company retreats. And so company retreats would come up there. There was always going to be 20, 25 people staying at the property. And that's not what's happening right now. Right now, there's a lot of families from San Francisco, from the Bay Area that are coming up with just families of four or five. And they're coming and staying in the house that has 26 beds in it just so they can get some space and they can go swim in a pool and get an extended vacation. We've had more you know, families coming for just some space and some vacation than we've ever had before. And so you'll start to see really interesting things like that. And I wonder how long a lot of this will last. So it used to be summer season was the travel time. But it's an interesting point they make here that now that families are, you know, doing school from home, they have the opportunity to actually just like workers can now work remotely. If people can go to school remotely, some families are seeing that as an opportunity to change where they're living to live in a better place to make it through, you know, these COVID impacts. So that's a really interesting article by Bloomberg and an interesting trend that I think we should watch. So again, summer season used to end on Labor Day, same with Airbnb, but we're still booked in Northern California. All right. Last article on here was just kind of an interesting twist to what's happening in the commercial market. So this was a Bloomberg article by Patrick Clark. It says property investors tap mobile home parks for COVID era returns. Purchases jumped 23% while other commercial property deals sag. So real estate investors have turned to single family rental homes, warehouses, and even movie studios while the pandemic makes it harder to put capital to work in more traditional parts of commercial property. I've talked about this a lot over the last month. A lot of commercial properties have been getting foreclosed on. Really famous commercial properties have been getting foreclosed on. And so mobile home parks are also looking good. More than $800 million worth of parks changed hands in the second quarter, up 23% from a year earlier. So the, according to the report by the commercial real estate firm JLL, total commercial property purchases declined 68% to roughly $45 billion in the same period. So there was a whole lot less commercial transactions that happened but there was 23% more year over year that happened in mobile home parks. So institutional investors accounted for 28% of the mobile home park purchases, the highest share since JLL started tracking this asset in 2010. The parks are attracting new interest while COVID-19 hammers prospects for hotels. The institutions are also drawn to opportunity to consolidate and upgrade assets owned by smaller investors, says Scott Belsky, who leads the manufactured housing practice in JLL's valuation group. So it's, it's really interesting to see that they're trying to find other opportunities. You know, I think there's probably another theory too, to why mobile homes parks could be better assets right now. So there's a lot of worry about unemployment. 
a lot of worried about affordability and people being able to afford the housing that they're in. And, you know, they're doing all these things right now to, you know, prevent foreclosure, prevent eviction. That keeps kicking the can down the line. And I was thinking about this the other day. I said, what is the solution? What is the solution out there when so many people are on unemployment, so many people cannot afford their rent or what they're paying right now? What is the solution? I can think the only solution that they're going to have is they're going to be able to downsize into smaller properties. And so what that really means is the lower end properties, the, the lower end rent, they're going to have a better opportunity to be able to you know, fill those vacancies. I think that is really the need. The only solution to people making less money is going to be downsizing, finding properties that cost less to rent. There isn't much of a solution in saying, hey, we'll just postpone until they have to pay rent. Now that renter that was paying $2,000 a month and they haven't paid since March, so by the time it comes, they're going to have a check that they're going to owe you know, $14,000. And no renter that's been on unemployment for six months is going to be able to pay for that. So just some really interesting stuff as we combine and look at all of the news. It looks like there's a lot of you know, federal and state intervention happening right now, trying to push a lot of that thing back. And maybe there's some investors right now that are looking at single family home rentals and mobile home parks. And I think there's going to be a high demand right now in people trying to find, invest in rental properties where the rent is below average or below the median for those neighborhoods. So as people have to move, there are properties for them to move out into. And again, we also talked about some big opportunities too for targeting those home buyers that are now able to work from home. These are renters that have never been able to afford a house before, but if they're able to work, you know, live 30 or 40 minutes from where they used to work, well, now they'll be able to afford that house. So lots of news out there. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to us today. Hopefully you liked this one. If you did like it and you got a lot of good info, please share the YouTube link, tell everybody else about it and go on and give us a review. And we love to see the reviews. We, I haven't gotten a good review. I haven't gotten a review in the last couple of weeks. So if you're listening and you haven't left us a review yet, go on to any of those places you download your podcast, give us a review, go to YouTube, give us a like, share our page and see how many people we get on here listening. All right, thanks for your time. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>